Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sweet Seeds Podcast here at Lake Orion High School. We are back with the fourth episode of the second season with the sports broadcasting class here at Lake Orion. I'm Ben Shader here with the Purdy boy, Kyle Purdy. What's going on? The soccer genius, Ryan Bunn. Hey, what's going on? And PMAC, Peyton McIntyre. Hello, everybody. All right, let's get started. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about everybody's favorite sport of all time. Let's talk about college basketball. Uh, recently, Michigan State University... They got put up to the uh, the 12th spot in the newest AP poll uh, after they beat the number the former number four team Kentucky, and they were uh, they lost by one point against Gonzaga. How do we feel about Michigan State's uh, current current regime right now in, in uh, basketball? So I want to start off with this. I mean, I before the season I really thought that Michigan was going to have the upper end. Of course, I'm a Michigan fan. I thought they were going to have the upper hand for basketball in terms of Michigan Michigan State rivalry stuff. Michigan State out the gate came out swinging, and although they are three and one, they have one loss. They performed really well against Gonzaga, and from that point on, I was like, man, this team, this team is a contender. They're, they're for real. And then they go out, beat Kentucky in double overtime, end up winning that game by eight, which, I mean, I know yeah. it was double overtime, but it was still a pretty decently margined game. I mean, Michigan State just really, really powerful to start off this season. Yeah, think, especially yeah. Sorry, yeah, but especially against that Gonzaga game. Like, you're playing a tough team in a tough environment. On you're on the aircraft, aircraft carrier. carrier. At night, it's it could be windy. It could, you know, this num- number of factors that could happen that could cause that game to turn the other way. Michigan State hangs through it with a tough team, and they come back. They play Kentucky. Great game against that. Sissoko, what a game he played. Not yeah. locking down Sheboy with four fouls, like, almost the entire, like, second half of the second <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was the key to the game against Kentucky with going into overtime. You know, Toshibwe, he had 22 points, 18 boards, all of that. And at the end of overtime, I think with like a minute and a half left, he fouled out. And that really turned the tide for Michigan State because then you don't have the AP National Player of the Year in there anymore. You have your starters and then against Michigan State who are performing really well and they just pulled away. Definitely, and I mean this team. This team is uh, on the older side now. I mean, you have Maddie Sissoko and AJ Hogard, who are both uh, juniors. Tessa Walker, who's a, a senior now. Uh, Joey Hauser, senior. Emily Hall, who is also a senior. Um, as a, as a Michigan State fan coming into the season, I had low expectations. You know, I thought Michigan would be would be decent with getting Hunter Dickinson back, but after what we saw last year, I was just not really impressed with with what we were doing this year. So. You know, I mean, to, to see our, our energy and our tenacity and how much a lot of our players have improved over the offseason on the aircraft carry against Gonzaga, uh, that was that was a real step in the right direction for us. And, I, I, I mean, I love watching Michigan State basketball now. Now, I, want, I do want to talk about two big hitters from last year, one being North Carolina, still number one team in the country. They have the best player in the country. Undisputed, Caleb Love, best player in the country. They're going to be a contender the entire season, 4-0 right now. They're just going to keep winning games. They're already into the... <laughs> In the March Madness, number one seed. I'm going to lock that in right now. But Gonzaga, I'm not really sure about them. I do think they're going to be in the tournament because they're always going to be a team that makes it in. I mean, it's very easy to be top 64 when you're in a big four school. But, I mean, Gonzaga, only really one key player from last year that stayed is Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy, forward. I mean, he's still producing like they want him to. But one player cannot win games for you. Yeah, I think this year for Gonzaga, it's, it's just going to be a development year. You know, you have Drew Timmy, but other than that, you don't really have much. Whereas a North Carolina team, they brought back, like, I think four out of five starters, if not, like, like three or five or four out of five. So they've got a great team. And 
We'll see how that pays off in March, North Carolina. They're probably going to be a top four team. They'll be a number one seed heading into March. So we'll see how that pays off. Definitely. It, you know, I've, I've talked to you, Kyle, about this a lot. I'm not a big fan of Gonzaga. I never have been, and I never will be. Uh, their, their level of competition in the season is really underwhelming. Um, they, they play – they're a mid-major. So, you know, they, they come into the March Madness every year with, like, three losses or four losses, and they do have a lot of great players on their team every year. But with that being said, they, they're, they're normally knocked out really, really early. And I, I had high hopes going into the Gonzaga game because, you know, Gonzaga, we haven't played Gonzaga in a while. And like I said before, they don't play any real competition. They're always overrated, in my opinion. So, you know, just I, I'm not really impressed with Gonzaga, and I never have been. You know, I do want to touch on one more point here in terms of Ben's favorite team here, uh, the Michigan State Spartans. Mm-hmm. Two out of their three opponents so far, top 25 team. They have another top 25 game upcoming this week against number 18 Alabama. Alabama yep. I think right now, making my prediction, Michigan State is going to blow Alabama out of the water and really secure their spot in the top 10. They're an AP top 10 team, and they've proved it. Although they do have one loss, I mean, they're, they're a powerhouse right now. I know it's a little early to say that, but Michigan State right now is playing like a top 10 basketball team. Yeah, I, yeah. I like Michigan State, but like Alabama's a tough team, man. They've got a very young team. Though very young, uh, Brandon Miller from Alabama, freshman. He's got over 20 points. He's averaging a game. So if he can get going, he's gonna light Michigan State up, and they've got to be careful. And the thing, the thing I love about Michigan State is they have multiple guys who can produce points on the court. I mean, you have Matty Sissoko, who there have been games where he hasn't produced very well, but he gets rebounds. He's really good defensively, and he's still averaging like 11, 12 points. Joey Hauser and Tyson Walker are both averaging 14, and they're getting they're getting 20 point games. So it's not like a team like Gonzaga, where you know you just have Drew Timmy, the only guy you have to worry about. Michigan State has four or five guys, Malik Hall, and all those guys that you have to worry about. You can't just leave them open. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. If one if one of those players has an off night, there's someone else that can step in. That's that's what's huge about us. We don't have one big player. We have tons of depth on the board, and and that's really great by Tom Izzo. That's the thing this year that I really like about college basketball that I'm seeing watching these games. A lot of these teams have depth and a lot of bench guys that can really shoot the ball and they can drive down to the paint. A lot of teams have these these skill guys, young guys, that they can create depth with, and a lot of teams are going to be developing those guys into superstars. It's going to be a really fun couple years for college basketball. Yeah, I really appreciate what you said about Michigan State earlier, Kyle. I don't think I've ever heard you say anything. You know, positive I don't give them a lot. Of, I don't give them a lot of props about some stuff, but I mean, their basketball team <laughs> has been unreal this year. So I had to give you some kind of hope. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, now I want to move into college football. This is more of a Michigan standpoint. First off, let's talk about the match this weekend, the biggest game this weekend: yeah. Michigan versus Ohio State. First time since what, 2003, 2006, 2006, that they're going into this game both undefeated, 11 and 0. Michigan was a very close game with Illinois this past weekend. 19 to 17 had to uh, kick a game-winning field goal with Jake Moody. Can the Michigan the fan go first here? I mean, I, you can if you want. You want to talk about your opinion? I want to talk about my opinion. Now, Ben, last year, the first thing he said when we beat Ohio State, Ohio State had so many guys missing, so many guys missing. They had about eight starters out last year with COVID. Ben made that very clear to me, and I was like, you know what? Win's a win. However... This past week, 19-17 to 17 against Illinois, that scared the absolute living crap yeah. out of me. That was unreal. But I do want to say, in terms of injuries, we had nobody. Blake Corum, 18 for 108 and a touchdown in the first half, gets hurt on his fumble that he lost. 
Um, so we were without Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum, Schoonmaker, who's our starting tight end. We were without a starting offensive lineman and a couple key defensive guys. When you play a team like Illinois, who was in the top 15 for a few weeks there, that might happen. Although Michigan State did prove to themselves that Illinois was not as good as they were. Uh, yeah. But still, I'm, I'm on the fence here with Ohio State-Michigan. If Michigan has all their key pieces back and say the weather hurts C.J. Stroud, it's going to be a tight game. Michigan I mean, just has to dominate the run game. I think, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think what it comes down to is just the run game. I mean, both running back rooms for Ohio State and Michigan have been dealing with injuries. Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum have both been in and out, especially with Corum getting hurt. But Ohio State, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams – Travion Henderson played a little bit against Maryland this past Saturday, but Mayan Williams has been out for like three weeks, and he's their second, he's their leading rusher this year, and that's going to hurt Ohio State and Michigan if their key running backs and their key players can't play, and I think that showed on a Saturday against Illinois when Quorum got hurt, McCarthy had to be, he was forced to step up and make those plays, and he made some, but he didn't make as many as he was like expected to yeah definitely I watched that game and um I wasn't really impressed by JJ I mean there were there were tons of throws that I thought were relatively easy and he just oversailed a couple of them you know Michigan's receivers didn't really help they dropped a lot of balls as well but I mean if if you're a five-star quarterback and you're coming in and being the starting quarterback for one of the best teams in the nation I will say you have to hit those throws yeah I don't know Peyton I'm sorry but I'm gonna have to disagree with you I don't think it's going to be about the running game in this matchup I think it's gonna be the passing game in Columbus on Saturday, it's supposed to be a nice 52 degrees, warmer than we've had recently. It's going to be cloudy. There's no, no sun, no rain, no none of that. It's going to be nice conditions for football. We're going to see the ball fly a lot, especially if Corum is injured, especially if Edwards is still like banged up like they are projected to be. So I think this is going to be a battle between J.J. McCarthy and C.J. Stroud, and we'll see, as we know, C.J. Stroud is probably the better quarterback, but we're going to really need to see like a Heisman moment out of C.J. Stroud. If he puts up good numbers in this game, he might be the front runner, and he might just go out and win it. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. C.J. Stroud has season stats. He has 3,000 yards passing. He's tied first in the nation with 35, yard, 35 touchdowns, and he's only thrown four picks all year, which is pretty good, but those were mistakes. Receivers drop balls, and he has the highest QBR with 89.7 in the nation. And that's getting a lot of help from Marvin Harrison Jr., the son of the legendary Marvin Harrison, who played with the Indianapolis Colts. He only has he has 65 catches for 1,037 yards and 11 touchdowns this season. He's averaging 16 yards a catch, and that's even with Jackson Smith and Jigba being out the whole season after having a breakout year last year, which is really him stepping up to the plate because he's not eligible for the draft. He's only a sophomore. And that's just he's, just, he's just becoming a better, better player. Now, I do want to touch on J.J. McCarthy a little bit. I liked what you said about the passing game. And J.J. McCarthy, he's shown it. He's shown flashes this year that he can really be a big passer. And, I mean, for half this year, he's had the highest completion percentage, and he's had a lot of yards. Now, I do want to go back to Blake Corum, who Jim Harbaugh said his knee is structurally good, but you can't really rely on injuries to, you know. But Blake Corum has 245 carries. 14.57 and 18 touchdowns. That is unbelievable. And I do want to say, before I give it to you, Ryan, who's looking at me like he really wants to say something right now, we've, Michigan's been missing a huge piece to their offense this year. Ever since Cade McNamara was proven out for the season, who proved to himself last year that he can take us far, J.J. McCarthy hasn't been able to run the ball as much as he wants to. Jim Harbaugh, offense coordinator, and, like they've been protecting him because they cannot have him getting hurt on a QB run. 
and which I thought at the beginning of the year when McNamara wasn't hurt, that J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corm in the option game has been very, very strong. Yeah, I think for sure. I, I think this is like, yes, Corum, he's not, he's probably going to play, but he's injured. He's banged up. He's not going to play to the Heisman Blake Corum that we've seen so far this season. And so that's what it's going to rely on, J.J. McCarthy. And we're going to see, I think, I hope Jim Harbaugh lets him go run the football himself a little bit. Let him take off, let him extend plays out to the sidelines and just make some throws and also take off with your feet. It's going to be interesting to see what, uh, what, what strategies the, the coaches of both teams uh, try to play this weekend. But I want to quickly go over to a, a C.J. Stroud quote that he said on 97.1, the ticket. Um, he was recently interviewed and asked about uh, the game with Michigan last year and how they're preparing for it this year. And he said, quote, we've been thinking about that game for 365 days. We're so excited. So obviously that's been a mentality and something that they've looked at uh, this past this past offseason and really prepared for for an entire year so they don't get embarrassed again. Actions yeah. speak louder than words. C.J. Yeah. Stroud can say everything that he wants to, but he has to go out there and produce like the C.J. Stroud that everybody has seen for the past couple of years. Yeah, which, which I think is going to be the key to the game for Ohio State. I saw something this morning where two teams have this, this season have scored more than 30 points on Ohio State. That was both Penn State and Maryland this past weekend. The only reason they scored more than 30 points was both of those teams scored 17 in the fourth quarter because Ohio State, they weren't able to finish games. They thought they were ahead. Their defense slowed it down a little bit. Their offense, you know, tried to burn time off the clock. But if you're playing a team like Michigan instead of Maryland, they're probably going to put more, more than 17 points on you in the fourth quarter if they get the ball and they start running it down your throat. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Um, I do want to go. I know Ben's looking at it here, too. I do want to go to something outside of Michigan, Ohio State. I do want to go to the college football playoff for Michigan and Ohio State real quick. This is an early maybe two versus three matchup. And I have and I have looked at stuff. And the biggest game of this week was South Carolina beating Tennessee. Hennon Hooker out for the year. Torn ACL in the fourth quarter. Spencer Rattler, six touchdowns. That was a huge game because Michigan is now – if everything plays out like it should, 73% chance to get in, even if they lose to Ohio State, which is huge because in these past few years, one, we haven't seen a Big 12 team in the playoffs in a long time, two Big 10 teams and only one SEC team. But, I mean, that's going to be but huge. But then you, then you have to think about you have to have Georgia win the SEC championship because LSU, they beat Alabama. They lost to Tennessee by a lot, but they clinched the SEC East. They're in the SEC championship. In like what I've been seeing on ESPN and stuff like that, if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship, Georgia's going to have one loss, but that opens up opportunity for a two-loss team to go into the playoff. That's a yeah. great point you bring up there because LSU may be the only two-loss team that can make it in considering the fact that they clinched the SEC championship two weeks ago. Yeah. If LSU wins, if they win out, they're in. Like, there's nothing that Michigan's going to be. There's nothing that Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, TCU can do that can stop LSU from making it if TCU or if LSU wins out. So, also with the Tennessee loss, it just opens up so like it sort of closes down the opportunities for other teams. Now it's really just cut down to six teams: Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, USC, and LSU. Yeah, that's. that's If USC loses, then if USC loses and LSU loses. That's probably the top four as already has as it is, with probably TCU hopping up over an Ohio State or Michigan, depending on who loses that game. If TCU wins out, Georgia wins out. Yeah, but this past weekend, TCU looked pretty shaky. 
I mean, they were down. Very close game. They yeah. were down 28 to 20. They went down. They scored with six minutes left. They missed a two-point conversion. So they're down 28-26. They get the ball, short time left. And to win the game, they have to kick a field goal with a running clock. That's something very hard to do. But they beat a, a kind of good Baylor team, but not the greatest team they've played this season, yeah, especially yeah. when they played like it's, Oklahoma State. It's not. certainly not the best team they played. I, as a TCU fan myself, they it's it's a tough game that you have to play. Again, it's a tough battle. You ha- you're going into Baylor playing a tough game. But I may say that running clock field goal was something that they have practiced. They've said it after the game. Uh, Sonny Dykes talked about how they've practiced that play before, running it to get the ball in the middle of the hash marks, bringing that kicking team out there, sprinting. Kicker forgot his helmet. That was the thing that co- almost cost them. And they went out and kicked a field goal. And they, hey, a win is a win. And they're 11-0. They're yeah, a tough yeah. team. Yeah, one more thing here before uh, Ben takes over here again. I do want to just touch a little over to the ACC. I know it's a dark topic, but I feel like I have to yeah. say it. Virginia, I mean, prayers go out to them. I mean, definitely. Really yeah. horrible thing that happened over there. Um, Virginia running back passing away, starting running back, hailed as a hero. I mean, just prayers go out over there. Just they have canceled their last two games. Um, but yeah, prayers go out to them. Definitely, definitely. All right, let's move on to the NFL, another topic. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions, Kyle's favorite team, and I don't know about you guys, but really. I mean, the Lions have shocked everybody, to be completely honest with you. I mean, they've won their past three games to now improve to four and six. They're second in the NFC North, only behind the Vikings, who just got blown out. I mean, absolutely, absolutely blown out you know, this past weekend. You know, Ben, it was an amazing sight to wake up to this morning mm-hmm. when I was scrolling through Instagram when I woke up. And the NFL Detroit Lions said, good morning, Jamison Williams is back at practice. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just only good for the Detroit Lions. That's, that's another key piece. And we've seen that Jared Goff can be a high-tier quarterback if he has pieces. He needs to have yeah. pieces. Jamison Williams is another piece. Now, let me ask you, Kyle, let me ask you a question because I've talked to you about this before. Let's hear it. I, I want to get your actual opinion here. Would you rather the Lions tank and lose out and get a five or six draft pick in the in the in the draft class to possibly get another quarterback. Or would you rather try to roll with Jared Goff for at least this season and try to win out and make it to the playoffs? What is what is your opinion here? You know, considering the fact that the Lions have been so bad for so many years and the only thing that you've heard come out of my mouth is, hey, let's lose out and get a huge draft pick. Last year was the year that we got two huge pieces early in the draft. This year, I'm and this, I've told you this, I do not like this about NFL fans anymore. Just say, oh, yeah, I want my team to lose and tank out. No, it's fun watching your team win whenever they can. When the Lions beat the Vikings when they were 0-10-1 last year, that was, like, the happiest I've been in, like, two years. It was unreal. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I want us to win. I want us to fight for the playoffs because the NFC is wide open right now. Which, Definitely. It, me, personally, I'm not a Lions fan, but I feel like they also they have the Rams' first-round pick, right? For that trade with Matthew Stafford, and the Rams aren't playing well. They're what three, three and, seven? and seven right now, currently. Yeah, so they're they have a high draft pick that goes to the Lions. I feel like if anything, the Lions should maybe get you know six, seven, maybe eight wins. Don't make the playoffs, and you still have an early to mid round first pick, which means you have those two high first picks. So that first one that you got from the Rams, you could go and you could draft a quarterback, get somebody that's doing really good in college this season, and then maybe go and get I don't know maybe a wide receiver or get some offensive line pieces to just put the team together. See, but that, that's that's my worry. I'm, I'm sorry, Kyle, for cutting you off here, but I, I'm like that's that's my worry if I'm a Lions fan. right? You, you've seen time and time before the Lions have managed to find every way, it seems, 
to lose or or to to screw up in somehow. You know what I mean? Um, it, it just feels like if the Lions were to to win six or seven games this year and miss the playoffs and get a crappy draft pick, it feels like the Rams are going to figure out a way to to bring on a hot stretch and. They have two lottery picks, and they don't make the playoffs. And that was a great point that Peyton just brought up there with the Lions getting their draft pick from L.A. If L.A. keeps losing, that's where we're going to get our high draft pick from. That's huge. Because I know you've talked to me about it. That's the main reason you kind of want the Lions to tank right now, right? Definitely. If you're a fan and you're like, oh, lose to the Bills, lose a couple more games in there, end up being a middle-of-the-pack team and not really having a good pick. We could get a good pick from another team we have a draft pick yeah. from, and, the, and one of those teams being the Rams. The Rams, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Matthew Stafford went out with an injury during their last Concussion game. Concussion protocol, yep. yes. Yeah. Right. So he yeah. may be out for at least one game, if not more. I mean, he has not looked too great this season, I, I must say. I but feel – oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, uh, the Lions have, what, two picks, three picks in the first round? So with that, and especially with a deep quarterback class like this year, you've got a lot of good quarterbacks. Unfortunately, Hennon Hooker went down with the AC out there. You got him. You got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. You got Will Levis, who hasn't really been Incredible playing that well. Incredible quarterback, quarterback class this year. Caleb Williams. Class. Yeah. Incredible I feel, class. I feel like with uh, with that going with the L.A. Rams and the pick like that. Um, well, I forgot what I was saying. Dang it. <laughs> Here, I'll I'll take over yeah, for a second. Ahead. Um, yeah. You know, going back to the draft picks, a lot of these teams, a lot of draft like draft pick trades happened last year. So, I mean, the board is going to be scrambled. I've, I'm really excited to see how the rest of the season plays out and see where some of these middle-of-the-pack teams end up in the draft. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, it was great hanging out with you guys talking about this stuff today. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for Sweet Seas. This, is, this was Episode 4 of Season 2 from Lake Orion High School from uh, from. SBC once more. I'm Ben Shadle. I'm Kyle Purdy. I'm Ryan Bunn. I'm Peyton McIntyre. Thank you very much. Have a great day.